Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, may your Son continue to show us what it means to really be fully human. Amen. I want to jump right into my text for a minute this morning before you get back on your cell phone or take a nap or start on your grocery list. A woman's come to Jesus. Her little daughter is plagued with an unclean spirit. And she knows that Jesus has healed other people of the same thing. So she's doing all she can as a mother to help her little daughter. She comes to Jesus. She bows down at his feet and she begs him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And here's what Jesus says. Let the, little, let the children be fed first. For it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Jesus tells this woman, no. I'm not going to heal your daughter. I wanted to do that right away before you got on your cell phone or did whatever you're going to do. Because I hope it bothers you that Jesus said this. I know it bothers me. We haven't been in Mark's gospel for a, round, for a while. I've been in the book of Ephesians for a good bit. So to catch you up with kind of where we are in the book of Mark right now, in just the last chapter, since the last chapter of Mark, here's what's happened. Jesus went to his hometown, to Nazareth, to teach and to heal the people, but the people rejected him. His own hometown people, they rejected him. And it says that Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. Right after that, we read the story that John the Baptist, John the Baptist, maybe you remember him, he's the one that announced the coming of Jesus. And right after John did that, Jesus was baptized by John and began his ministry. John the Baptist was beheaded by King Herod. Right after that, Jesus preached to, and then he fed 5,000 people. Right after that, he walked on water. Right after that, the crowds were gathering around him so much, but, and he was healing them and teaching them. And then right before our, meet, our reading today, Jesus gets into yet another discussion with the Jewish religious leaders and calls them out as hypocrites. All this has gone on in just a short amount of time. And so as our text begins today, Jesus has left from where he was in the area around Nazareth, and he's gone to, and, that, and Nazareth is a very heavily Jewish population. He's gone about 50 or 60 miles northwest up on the Mediterranean Sea to Tyre. Tyre is a very Jewish populated area, I mean Gentile populated area. And there's a writer at the time of Jesus named Josephus. And Josephus, Josephus said that the people of Israel and the people of Tyre were bitter enemies. And for a long time, bitter enemies. Why does Jesus go so far from home? From our text, it sounds like he's just wore out. I read to you all the things that had just happened with Jesus, and he had to rest sometime. The text tells us that Jesus, he entered a house and he, and he didn't want anyone to know that he was there. 
And even though he wanted that, it doesn't happen that way. He could not escape notice, Mark tells us. And then we read that story about the woman that I just told you. This woman whose name we don't know, who has a daughter with an unclean spirit, who's heard about Jesus and all the miracles he's performed, and she goes to see him. The only thing we know about this woman besides her daughter is that she's a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. And this one detail, this one detail that she is a Gentile changes the whole character of this story. She's asking Jesus to do something that he'd done for many people before. But he says no. Now when Jesus talks about feeding the children and not feeding the dogs, do you know what he's meaning there? The children that he's talking about are the people of Israel. That is whose Jesus' ministry is centered around, going to the people of Israel, and his commitment is toward the people of Israel, and he does, have not, he does not have time or desire to go to the people who are Gentiles. My ministry is for these ones. I don't have time for you. Because you're not a Jew, my ministry isn't for you, Jesus is saying. And not only does he say that, he says it in a cruel way. He calls her a dog. And not only this woman, but by implication, this woman's little daughter. And ever since Mark put this down to paper and the church has read it, the church has furiously tried to figure out how in the world to interpret this? Now some want to say that when Jesus calls this woman a dog, well, she's talking about a cute little puppy dog. Now I could get that because I love dogs. Beth can tell you, and I, I hope she doesn't mean it, but she tells me that I care more about our dogs, Stafford, Stally, and Lu Stafford, Sta Stafford, Sally, and Lucy, more than I care about her and the kids. So I love my dogs. And I'm sure those of you who have pets love your pets too. But that's not what dog means in the day of Jesus. Dogs were more kind of like how we might say coyotes are now. Scavengers. Going anywhere and doing whatever it takes to get any piece of food. A pest. That's what Jesus is calling this woman. A scavenger. Searching for food that doesn't belong to her. Then there's another excuse that Jesus really didn't mean this. When Jesus calls this woman a dog, he really doesn't mean it. What he's trying to do is he's testing this woman. He's trying to get her to step out into faith and totally devote herself to Jesus. He's testing her. That's another excuse, but of course that doesn't fly. That's not... The text doesn't say anything like that. And here's another excuse that gets lifted up. Well, you know, at the end of the story, Jesus does go ahead and heal this little girl. And actually heals the little girl before the, the mom gets home. All's well that ends well, right? Well, if all's well that ends well, and the whole point is that Jesus heals this woman, why in the world... Does Mark put this part in here about Jesus calling this woman a dog? 
Then there's one last excuse, the one that I read most often, and it's the showstopper. It's that, well, we don't know why Jesus said this, but that's okay because Jesus knew why he said this. And because Jesus is perfect, he knew exactly why he said what he said, even if we don't know. And when we hear that, the discussion ends. Jesus knows. But the discussion doesn't end in my head anyway, because that doesn't wash. Here's the thing. If anybody else in Scripture had said what Jesus said, it would be okay. If Peter had said it, that's okay. If Paul had said it, well, that's okay. Because they're not Jesus. But Jesus said this. And because Jesus said this, we're forced to wrestle with this whole idea that Jesus called this woman and all the Gentiles dogs and said no. One of the earliest and longest descriptions of who Jesus is is that Jesus is fully God and fully human. It's a great mystery that we can never fully comprehend. It's based in the very beginning of the book of John. It's in the book of John, it begins, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. The Word was God, fully God, and the Word became flesh, fully human. Fully God, fully human. What would you say that it means that Jesus is fully human? Does that mean that Jesus never would say or do anything that he might regret later? Does the perfection of Jesus mean that he never says or does anything wrong? And if Jesus never says or does anything wrong, is that fully human? Here's my question. Can we really say that Jesus is fully human if he never struggles? If he never falters? If Jesus never needs to, to learn and to grow? He never needs to do that because he's always perfect from the get-go. I would ask if Jesus is fully human like us who are fully human, can we really say that he's fully human if he's not like us? I mean, if we want to have a perfect Jesus, can we really say that he's like us? And if we do want a perfect Jesus who never says or does anything that he might regret, well, then he has some explaining to do to this Gentile woman. I want to throw out something for you to consider. What if we could set aside that notion of the perfect Jesus? By that I don't mean that Jesus was not sinless. I just mean setting aside the idea that Jesus knows everything from the get-go. How to be Messiah from the very beginning. What if we could be okay with the fact that Jesus might be still learning about who God wants Him to be? And what it means for Jesus to be Messiah. That Jesus is still learning this. 
Could it be that the good news is that Jesus is still learning what the good news is all about? That he's still growing to be who God intends him to be? If we could do that, it opens up a whole new way that we might could see Jesus. Because he's a whole lot more like we are then. Now here's this Gentile woman begging Jesus to heal her daughter like he's done so many others. And Jesus says, no, because I don't want to throw my good bread to the dogs. And what if instead of trying to make excuses for Jesus here, what if we just let the whole story speak to us? Because here's what happens after Jesus says that. She says, sir, even the dogs under the table get to eat the children's crumbs. In other words, she's saying, Jesus, even those who aren't at the table, even those who aren't the people of Israel, even the Gentiles are fed by God, aren't they, Jesus? And in response, Jesus says, For saying that, you may go, and your daughter will be healed. And it says by the time she got home, the daughter was healed. If we're willing to let go of the perfect Jesus and let Jesus just be human, maybe we could say this. He speaks to this woman, and Jesus is convinced that his ministry is to the Jews and not to the Gentiles. And he says so to this woman, and it's very insulting. But then the tables are turned because the one who is always the teacher, Jesus, is now the one who is being taught. This Gentile woman teaches Jesus by reminding Jesus that God's grace is for all people and not just for the Jews. God's kingdom isn't limited to some, but is open to all. Could maybe Jesus be learning this as he interacts with this woman? Now, the more I'm able to try to wrap my head around that, the more I can see Jesus in this way, that Jesus is still learning. There's one thing that I really appreciate about knowing that Jesus is human, just like me. And then there's something I really don't appreciate, that Jesus is human, just like me. The thing I appreciate is that if Jesus is still trying to figure out what God wants him to be and who God wants him to be. If Jesus is still trying to figure that out, that makes me feel better knowing that I certainly am still trying to figure out my own relationship with God and how God is calling me to live. Knowing that Jesus is fully human makes me okay with me being human and still on the way. That's the part I like. Here's the part I don't like. Because if we're okay with this idea of Jesus learning from this woman, let's remember who this woman is. First, it's a woman of no status, a Gentile, an outsider, an extreme other, 
someone who really did not matter. That is who teaches Jesus. Somebody other than who Jesus thinks should be at the table. That is who Jesus learns from. And here's what scares me. If Jesus can learn from someone outside, then maybe I need to be more open to learning from those who are outside too. Who might I need to be listening to? People outside my own little circle. People outside my comfort zone. Who might I need to learn from to point me closer to the way that God intends for me? Who might we as Highland Christian Church, who might we need to be listening to? Where might be the outside voices that we need to hear? You've heard me talk a good bit about a group that I'm involved in, and I'm very involved in it right now, and I hope to plan to be for a while. It's called Focus on Race Relations Frankfurt, for Frankfurt. The purpose of that group is to promote racial healing and harmony in our community. For me, that purpose means to listen to the voices of others and to read the books of others who think differently than me, who are victims of racism, to listen to those outside of me so that I might learn from them. And in learning from them to better see the way God has for me. I'd like to offer up a couple, of, a couple other ways that we as Highland might seek to learn as Jesus did from those outside of us. Now you can read about one of them in our bulletin today. It's a picnic today, I hope. Sponsored by the Frankfurt Interfaith Council. I went to that picnic last year, and of course, I've forgotten what the theme of discussion was about that they had. I do remember they had really good food. I remember that. I don't remember what we talked about that day, but I do remember leaving there grateful for the kind-heartedness and goodness of so many of these faith group members who are different than us as Christian. And how it's a shame that the only reference most of us get of people of other religious traditions are ones that label them as other, as terrorists. I learned a lot from my times together with people of other faith traditions, remembering that these too are children of God. There's another example that you may not know about. Our church board does. There's a group in town called the Frankfurt Immigration Assistance Network, FIAN, and I want to read from a handout of their identity. FIAN is a grassroots organization committed to assisting immigrants in our community with legal matters, advocacy, and support. We recognize immigrants as part of the fabric of our community as our neighbors, our students, co-workers, friends, and business owners. We believe our city prospers when all residents are lifted up with the American values of respect, dignity, and compassion. In June, our church board gave the okay for the executive committee of FIAN to meet here as they plan for an event that's coming up. And this event that was coming up was going to be taking place in an apartment complex in a parking lot across the street 
It was a very small parking lot. When I mentioned that to the church board, the church board, not me, suggested that we offer our church facilities to this group to have a party. Guess what? On Sunday, October 21st, our church facility will host a community event from 2 to 5 p.m. to celebrate our immigrant communities. Opportunities for folks to experience the food and the art and the music and the dance of these communities. There'll be fun activities for children. There'll be information booths on tutoring and legal assistance and emergency feud information and medical and dental and mental health assistance and so forth. And it's happening here. Now, FIAN has no expectation that our congregation will be involved in this, but I think it would be a shame if we did not have any element of participation in welcoming the voices of those who are other. And of course, we welcome those voices not with the intention of them coming to our church. Those are just a couple examples of how we might put ourselves in the position of learning from those who are others. And you in your own life, where are the others that you face? How might you be listening to them? Jesus did, because Jesus was fully human. He learned from a Gentile woman. Perhaps as we involve ourselves in the lives of others, we might become more fully human too. And for the opportunity to even pursue being human, we give thanks to God. We give thanks to God for God's grace and love. Amen. Now let us sing our hymn.